What's up, everybody? I went to Avenged Sevenfold this past weekend. It was lit. They played most of their new album. I'm not a big fan. I'm still going to write a review about it. But I'll tell you one thing. The God songs, like G, Ordinary, and Death, they're way better live than they are on the CD. But that's the one thing about Avenged. They've always been a better live band than what they sound on the CD. But that's all I got for you guys. See you guys later. Remember, follow me, punch them up. Official on Instagram, official underscore PITM on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Punch in the Mouth podcast. I'm Adrian. I didn't even know fights happened this weekend. EFL came back. Marlon Moraes retired. Um, Bellator's coming back this weekend with the stack card. As Patricio Pitbull tries and to become the three-division champion, the first ever in all of MMA. Of course, he's not going to get credit for it because uh, people are going to be like, it's not UFC, it's not UFC, it's not UFC. Still an accomplishment. Let's be happy. Let's be happy. Like, you know what I wonder? This is what I wonder. Are people going to be like, well, Francis didn't finish his career in the UFC, so fuck him. Are people going to be like that? Because I believe what Francis is doing is way more gangster than him finishing his career in the UFC. Can you guys answer me that question? Like, all those people out there send me comments, even if they're like, I don't want to say hate comments, but send me comments telling me, yeah, well, I think this, 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 and this. Like, that's what I want. I want you guys to tell me, well, I believe you're wrong. I believe Francis should have finished his career in the UFC, which is fine. But my point is, if Patricio Pippo wins on Friday, we have to consider him one of the greats in MMA. Because it's hard. Like, it's hard to be a champion in Bellator. It was hard to be a champion in Strike Force. It's just hard to be a champion in MMA in general, like one of the top leagues. Like, don't tell me it's not hard in PFL to be winning two fights a year. Then you make it playoffs, third fight, then fourth fight. Don't tell me that's not hard. And if you tell me it's not hard, it's because you've never done it. I've never done it myself, but I can tell you, it's hard. Can you imagine the amount of beatings and how these people have to maybe not consider playing basketball on the weekends because they can't risk an injury? What they have to limit themselves to doing when they're in season. Because it's not like football players or basketball players or baseball players where they have guaranteed pay. These guys don't. They have to show up and win and they have to win in the tournament in order to get paid. I mean, they have their show money, right? But if they don't show up, they don't get paid. So going back to Patricio Pitbull, that's going to be a crazy fight. If this guy wins, I'll consider him one of the GOATs. He doesn't have to find the UFC in my book to, for him to be considered a GOAT. Because if you're going to go in there, you beat Mike Chandler to become the first ever champ champ in Bellator. And then now you're going to try and become the first champ 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 times three in all of MMA. There's only one first. There's only one first. There was a champ champ before Conor became UFC champ champ. But 
it gets watered down, right? Now they're gonna say when it, if it ever happens in the UFC, he's become the first ever triple champ in the UFC. But there will only be one triple champ first ever in MMA. I don't know who the champ champ was in MMA, and like this is a big deal, right? Because Bellator's considered um, uh, a premier organization, it's like a, like they're a, a stepping stone, like a feed organization, like what. Cage Warriors is what legacy fighting is, what? I don't want to say KSW is that because KSW has been paying guys well and that might be a Premier League. Like, P- I mean, PFL, Bellator is like what PFL is, what one championship is, what year. They're part of the big four, even though I heard they're trying to get sold. I haven't gotten more information on that. I will, but let's get into it. UFC 289 was this past weekend amanda nunez defeats irene aldana 50 44 yeah man she could just never get started it was it was it was what it was she had that one moment in the first round but that was about it that was about it what's next is well amanda retired let's see what the rankings in the ufc website looks like so now, because Charles won, Charles and Usman are tied for number seven on their pound-for-pound pound rankings. Charles is number one. He has been number one because these rankings haven't changed. They still have Amanda as the champion because, of course, the UFC is going to talk to her. And I told you guys, because they had asked me, so what happens with the featherweight division now? I'm like, that division is over. They only had that open for Chris Cyborg. Chris Cyborg isn't even fighting in the UFC anymore. I guess they had that open in case she came back to make the fight, but or Kayla Harrison was going to come into the UFC. But that division, they're getting rid of it. And I hate to be a Debbie Downer because I don't like to diminish Amanda's accomplishments because Amanda doesn't deserve that. But people were saying, oh, she's the only one that jumped back and forth. I'm like, bro, it, she had the easiest, not the easiest, but it was more feasible for her to do that because the featherweights were non-existent. You had Felice Spencer and Chris Cyborg. And Felice, Felicia Spencer, not Felice. Felicia Spencer. I was thinking about Felice Harry, but this chick's name is Felicia Spencer. She retired after winning, and then she, she got beat by Cyborg. And what was Cyborg's last UFC fight? And then she fought one more time. She won, and then she retired. So they just had a division t- so Amanda could call herself champ champ. Like, let's be honest, the only division really active at this point at her weight was 135. So, because you can't, you can't expect, for example, look how good the light heavyweight division for the men is. If Israel would have won, do you think it's feasible for him to be jumping back and forth? Do you? Answer that question. Do you guys think that? If Alex Volkanovsky would have beat Islam, he says he would have been jumping back and forth. And if he did, I actually believe him. That'd be a great accomplishment for me because of the killers in the featherweight division and the killers in the lightweight division. And he even said he might go to welterweight. Can you believe that? I mean, man. But yeah, man. Again, no disrespect to Amanda, but what's next? So here's what I believe is next. Irene, where is it? Irene was five. So where was Kaylin Vieira? Where was Holly Holm? Why did Irene get it over Raquel if Raquel is ranked higher than her? Did these girls say no? I don't think Raquel said no because I heard Raquel was going to be the backup in case Irene got hurt. So going back to my original thought, Juliana Pena is fighting for the belt next. 
whether it's Raquel, Holly, Caitlyn, or Irene. I don't think it'll be Irene, but let's just throw out those names. I heard it's going to be Raquel. I know she had a meeting today, being Tuesday, but we'll see what happens. So it's between Holly and, and Raquel. I bet you this fight happens. If they don't get Connor and Chandler to fight in the December card, this fight's either going to happen in November or December. The reason I say that is because if Connor fights, since he he generates so much revenue, um, the UFC doesn't like to put champions on his card because they become business partners and they get some of that revenue. They'll say it because they can't have a champion fight under Connor. That's not true because they already did that. The first Nate Diaz fight. And they'll say, oh, that only happened because it was short noise. It doesn't matter. It still happened. It still happened. But that's the real reason that. Because they don't want to share the revenue with the champions. Because the champions become partners in the pay-per-view. Because the the champions say, that's where you make the money, bro. The pay-per-view points. The pay-per-view points. Charles Oliveira versus Benil Dariush. Charles beat him. I'm only going to talk about these two fights because I'm in love with you guys. Oh, and I'll talk about Chris Curtis and also Dimimunov, another headbutt. But this time they actually stopped it. That dude can't catch a break. He cannot catch a break. Charles Oliveira versus Benil Dariush. I mean, I believe Charles came out of this way unscathed because he beat him within the first round, like 50 seconds before it was over. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, I was talking to somebody and they said, well, I thought it was a little premature. Bro, that, that stoppage was not premature. I looked at it. He got kicked in the head. Charles pounced on him, punched him, and like, um, but Neil looked like he was staring into the lights. That that stoppage was not premature. I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you that much. And look at what Dana had to say about the thing. Look at what Dana said. It looks like Charles Oliver will be getting another crack at Islam Mahashev. Saturday Night Oliveira added to his ever-expanding legacy with a first-round finish of Benil Dariush in the co-main event of UFC 289. The win was Oliveira's 20th in the UFC, expanding on the record he already owns, and earned DuBronx his record 19th post-fight bonus. Dang, he's got 20 wins, and he's won a bonus almost every time he's won. On a 20th finish, so I don't think that's 20 fights. According to UFC president Dana White, he also may have earned his second opportunity against lightweight champion Islam Mahashev. Incredible performance, especially against Benio, who a lot of people thought was going to win. He's not lying, I did too. This fight, incredible, White said at the UFC 289 post-fight press conference. If you look at how he turned his career around from 2016 to today, he's completely a different fighter. White continued, what has he accomplished in the last however many years? has been unbelievable. What has it been, seven, eight years? It's amazing what he's done. He's looked like a world beater tonight. I'm excited for him and Islam to fight again. I'm just saying that makes sense. Let's not play games. That fight makes sense. That's the fight that should happen. I'm excited to see it again. Okay, he's not committing to it. He's not committing to it because I will keep this mindset. Volkanovski and Yair, they're fighting in three weeks. Four weeks, four weeks. Calm down, then. Don't get scared. It's okay. We're still three weeks away if you're listening to this. So, four weeks. No, wait. It is three weeks. Let me see. Yeah, it is. Oh, my God. Because my buddy, he's getting married the day before. Get ready, then. Three weeks. 
because I'm thinking it's the weekend after, but no, it's the next day. So three weeks, okay, cool. If Volkanovski comes out unscathed, there the problem they're gonna have is like, okay, who? Because Islam's fighting October twenty something, whatever it is. They already have the date announced. It just escapes me, but he's fighting in October. And they asked me, it's like, why do you why do you think they make Islam wait so much? You want me to tell you? Because Abu Dhabi pays so much money for this event. The UFC will do whatever they tell them to do. They tell them we want Hamza. Okay, you get Hamza. That's why they wanted to do Bohashinya and Hamza in Abu Dhabi. But Paulo said, nah, that's too long. So they're punishing him, making him fight. The guy Hamza beat. And they tell him, oh, we want Islam. Because the original deal was for Khabib to be the fight. But Khabib only fought there twice because of the unexpected death of his father. Because I believe if his father was still around, he would still be fighting. So now they're going to wait to see what happens between Volk and Yair. If Yair gets smoked like in between two rounds, which is very possible, and there's no disrespect to Yair, I don't know what, if the UFC will go, okay, well, we'll do Charles and Islam, and then Volk will get the shot, or we're going to do Volk and Islam, and Charles will get the next shot. But if you're asking me between the two who I would want to see, I want to see Oliveira, because I believe... Oliveira fought a little smarter. If he fights a little smarter, he wins that fight. That's my opinion. The article goes on to say, Oliveira previously faced Mahashev at UFC 280 for the vacant lightweight title. Oliveira had lost the belt by failing weight in his previous fight against Justin Gaethje. Losing by second round submission since the loss, Oliveira said it, it was a different Charles in their first meeting, assuring fans that a rematch will go much differently if he gets the chance. I don't know if he was hurt. There's a lot of things that go into consideration for the next fight, White said. I'm sitting here talking to you right now. I don't even know what's wrong with him. He's in medicals. I don't know where he is at. I don't know what he's got planned over the summer. The list goes on and on of things that factor into how fights are made. <clears throat> but I'm telling you right now, right now, it's a fight I like to see. Yeah, they're waiting for Vulcan Yair. And if Volk comes out unscathed, they're gonna, that's a conversation they're going to have to have. The other side of things, while well, UFC 289 was a triumphant return for Oliveira, the event may turn out to be a nightmare for his opponent. Darius on an eight-fight winning streak, heading into Saturday with a title shot, all but guaranteed should he win, all came crashing down in four minutes and ten seconds. Why well, isn't sure what comes next for the 34-year-old. This is one of those things for him. He's been waiting for this opportunity, White said, of Darius. He got, he's got to get home, get with his team, get with his family. There's a lot of things that play out on his side on what he wants to do next, on where he's, his head's at, and then we'll figure it out. Like, I just thought, okay, whatever. So, yeah, man. But I just, the, only, the only thing I want to say on that is I don't think the stoppage was premature. I think it was a very good stoppage. Jason Herzog knows what he's doing. I don't think the stoppage was premature. But let's read this. Let's read this. Because I saw this yesterday. I thought it was hilarious. So Israel Adesanya went on an aerial show yesterday. Let's read this article. Israel wants a fresh challenge. The two-time UFC middleweight champion has defeated a multitude of top contenders over the past few years with his rival Alex Pereira making the move up to 205. The path is clear for Adesanya to take on a new name. At the forefront of that discussion appears to be the Chris Duplessis, who is 5-0 to start his UFC career, with four of those coming by way of knockout or submission, or making 
Making a potential matchup between Adesanya and Duplessis number one and number eight, respectively, in the MMA fighting global rankings. Even more compelling that is the invective they spewed at one another. Invective? What is that? I would assume it's like denim. African heritage, Duplessis hails from South Africa, while Adesanya, native Nigerian, who currently fights out of New Zealand. I mean, yeah, that, that's hilarious to me. Duplessis' next fight is Robert Whitaker at UFC 290 on July 8th. And Adesanya is hoping Duplessis can score a win to set up a matchup between the two of them. This is, this is, I'm going to manifest Duplessis winning this fight in the first round. And then he does. I'm going to be right there in the cage so he can turn around in September. Adesanya said on the MMA Hour, no BS. No, I'm hurting this and that. Nope. We're going to fight in Sydney in September because Rob is Rob, whatever. I've already got a plan for Rob if it's Rob, but I really, really hope it's DDP because I will show him who the F I am. Adesanya is targeting a September return so that Duplessis can fight in Sydney at UFC 293. I was going to say 283. The last time has competed in Australia many times in his career and is the country where he first became undisputed middleweight champion. When he defeated Whitaker at UFC 243, Adesanya later defeated Whitaker again at UFC 271. The feud between Adesanya and Duplessis began when Duplessis claimed that he has a stronger ties to Africa due to him living there and training on the continent, as opposed to Adesanya, as well as fellow African-born fighters Francis Ngannou and Kamaru Usman, both whom are currently based in the U.S. Adesanya has argued against Duplessis' claim and reiterated his stance on Monday. I'll say this again, Adesanya said. I never question his ethnicity. I never say he's not African. Even though colonization, we don't want to go over all that stuff. He is in Africa. He was born in South Africa. I never questioned that. The fact that he was being a dickhead, we know who's the real African. I breathe African air, all kinds of stuff. How the fuck are you going to, to question me, Francis, and Kamaru's blackness <laughs> or Africanness? Who the fuck? <laughs> Who the fuck are you? So I had to put that out there. I want to educate him. Now, Israel, you want to hurt this guy, bro. Let's be honest. I'll, this is the last part of it. I'll tell you one thing. You ever heard of ancestry? Ancestry and me. If you do ancestry and me, on me, I know where the fuck I'm from. If you do it on him, he'll find out where the fuck he's from. And I'll tell you. It won't say South Africa. It will tell you where the fuck he's from. He'll know his real heritage. I know who the fuck I am. And I understand no matter what. In the world, no matter where in the world I am. I know you can't take the boy out of Africa. But you can never take Africa out of a man. I know that. And I never questioned him as an African. So who the fuck is he to question me as an African? Alright, that's it. Bro, I want this fight to happen so bad. Can you imagine the build-up? The build-up will be better than the fight, I feel. But I want Trickis Duplices to win so bad. And I love Rob. Don't think it's because I'm rooting for Rob against Rob. Like, I have no skin in the game, but I'm telling you, the build-up between Trickis and, and Adesanya will be a good one. Whereas Rob will here just go, eh, whatever he says, you know. So on Wednesday, we're going to talk about the fights. 
And I'm still going to reach out to the UFC about UFC 300. I'm telling you, I had a stressful week last week. And I, this one didn't get too much better off start. I'll tell you that much. Juliana Pena declares Amanda Nunes dead to me after UFC 289. She took the coward's way out. Ooh. What do you think about that? You think she's got a point? Do you guys think she's got a point? Do you? Do you? I don't, I don't know. I do know that Juliana would have probably gave a better fight if her ribs weren't in there. I think the moment got to it in it. I honestly do. Juliana Pena is ready to put her men in in the rear view mirror on Saturday. Nunes successfully retained her UFC bantamweight title with a dominant unanimous decision over Irene Aldana in the main event of UFC 289. Immediately after the win, Nunes retired from MMA. Going out on top as undisputed two division champion, most fighters celebrated Nunez's exit and her sing and her singular career. Pena was not one of them. No, she was not. Sitting cage side for the fight was Pena. Pena responded to Nunez's retirement with a decision speak on Monday. On that MMA, hour. she nearly did more than that. What? Oh, I get it now. She nearly did more than that. Now here's that part that's gonna explain that. There was a part of me. That really wanted to storm the cage, Pena said. I had so many people like, yes, we'll do it. We'll, we'll throw you over the cage. Then my coach was like, no, don't do it. Be classy. Don't do it. So I let her have my moment. Did you hear that? I let her have my moment. Not her moment. My moment. That's what that says. Like, she, what she's doing good here is she's discrediting her. Like, that was my moment. That wasn't her moment. I let her have my moment. But it was really difficult for me because there was many times where I had was to go. Now this is the time. Go, go, go. Can you imagine she would have stormed the kid? She would have got arrested. Especially if they don't clear with the UFC first. Like, I want you guys to understand that. They can get arrested. They're human beings. If they're not supposed to be there, they will arrest them. Like when she beat, um, when she beat Amanda and Michael Chiesa, I think he had a little bit too much to drink. He tried to go over there, and, like, I think he ended up getting arrested. Nothing happens to him, right? Because the UFC talks to him, like, hey, relax. But at the end of the day, she retires. She's off into the sunset. She's dead to me at this point. And we just got to keep the division moving. Now we're stepping into the day of the Pena Power era. I'm the champ. I've always been the champ in my heart, in my head. So it's just a matter of time before the belt's around my waist again. Pena and Nina shared a heated rivalry that goes all the way back to UFC 200. For years, Pena pursued a fight with Nunez, and then she finally got it, and the Venezuelan victim backed up her many statements, submitting Nunez at UFC 269 in one of the biggest upsets in MMA history. The two rematched at UFC 277, with Nunez winning a dominant decision that they were expected to finish their trilogy at UFC 289, until a rib injury forced Pena out. Instead, Aldana stepped in, and now Pena will never get a chance to avenge her loss which irks the former champion i've been telling you from the beginning she's been waiting to retire she was one foot out the door the entire time Pena said even said herself she was going to retire after she tapped me but she didn't because she decided i'm too good looking after she tapped to me so she was going to retire after she tapped to me meaning after the loss but she didn't because she decided I was too good looking and doesn't want me to have the belt. Seriously, she's got a problem with me. This girl's funny, but okay, let me expedite this. At the end of the day, Amanda didn't want to fight the fight. 
The whole time the UFC tried to ask her to make the trilogy, she didn't want to make it. And they made it clear to me. They said, she doesn't want to fight you. That's why it took so long to book the trilogy. And when I fell out because of the injury, she said it was less heavy for her. Because she knows what's average. She owes my training partner that win bonus because if I showed up on June 10th, there's no way she would have won. And she wouldn't be getting that money, period. Like, I like this because she's, like, dismissing her. Like, I would have beat her ass, you know? That's what she's saying. I would have beat her ass. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter, Penny added. All of this is completely irrelevant. What's relevant now is that she's gone. She's dead to me. I don't want anything to do with this girl now or for the foreseeable future. Even when Nunez is gone, Penny now finds herself in the same position she was before. Presumptive number one contender. Well, yes, yeah, she is. She didn't fight. She was supposed to fight. She didn't fight. She got hurt. Like I said, she goes Polly Raquel. The rank, that's what the rankings suggest. So we'll see, man. I'd say this fight, whoever it is, Pena versus whoever, or the UFC might throw a curveball and say Holly Holmes versus Raquel. I don't know. What do you guys think? This is what I think. I think the division will move. Featherweight's gone. Or she could come back and be like, you know what? Pena's been talking all this smack. Let me go beat her ass. I'm saying this is what I'm at. I'm not saying I'm saying this. Let me go beat her ass real quick, you know? And I'll come back to Brazil and be parting it up. But that's just me. One more fight for Amanda? I don't know. I don't know how many fights are left under contract. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me. Punch the mouth official on Instagram. Official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Peace, guys.